Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to another Arsblog Arscast on Arsblog.com in association, as always, with my good old friends at OleOle.com. That noise you're hearing? You hear that? That's me scratching my head with a pencil. Well, we've never opened the show with the sound of me scratching my head with a pencil, and after 49 shows, you have to you have to do things differently. You've got to move on. You've got to be a little bit daring, a little bit creative. Hang on. This is me scratching my beard now. I've been growing a beard, actually, I have to say. I just haven't shaved for about two weeks now, and it looks um, quite ridiculous. Although Mrs. Blog seems to like it, so um, it might stay for a little while yet. Uh, this week's beer of the week is um, Samuel Adams' uh, Oktoberfest, or something. It says seasonal brew at the very top of it, and um, mm, it tastes funny, I have to say. It's quite nice, but it's a bit strange-tasting. Um, I did have the other Samuel Adams, the regular one, but this is some Oktoberfest. It's sort of Boston meets Germany. So I don't know what that is. Gersten or Bostomy. I don't know. Anyway, uh, there you go. That's what this week's Beer of the Week is. Uh, leaving all that aside, you'll be wanting to know what's happening on this week's Arscast. Well, uh, we've got the man in the bar. He's got a player history. Amy Lawrence is here after a bit of a break. She hasn't been on for a while, and you'll find out why a little bit later on. And uh, what else is there? Oh, yeah, there's um, uh, other stuff. You know the way there's generally other stuff. Well, there's some other stuff as well. Um, as well as that, details of how you could win yourself a trip to Tokyo... Um, for the World Club Cup 2007, the FIFA thing, via oleole.com. There's a great competition of how you can win yourself a trip uh, to see that uh, with uh, press access and all that stuff, and all you have to do is blog. And as we know, any old cunt can write a blog. It's true. So uh, I'll give you details of that coming up a little bit later on. We'll go over what's happened since the last Arscast, will we? Um, well, uh, last weekend was kind of boring because it was internationals. Philippe Senderos picked up an injury playing for Switzerland on Saturday, and he may or may not be fit uh, for uh, for us this weekend. And, of course, Robin van Persie picked up an injury playing for Holland, uh, which means he's going to miss a month, which is a bit of a blow, you have to say. Um, it does mean, though, that it's time for the Crozillian to step up. Uh, Eduardo has been sort of in and out and sort of on the fringes and a little bit injured, but, you know, every time he goes away with Croatia... He scores a goal. So all we need to do is convince him he's playing for Croatia, and then that's it. It's fantastic. He's scored, I don't know, 12 goals in 17 games or 14 goals in 17, something crazy anyway. 
Uh, so he's in good goal-scoring form, but obviously Robin Van Persie is going to be uh, a big miss, and, and to miss him for a whole month is, is pretty bad. But, I mean, it could have been worse, looking at that picture uh, that was posted on the blog yesterday. Uh, his knee and his leg was all sort of the wrong way. And normally when things go the wrong way, it's a lot more serious than just a month. So maybe we should be uh, a little bit thankful about that. Uh, staying with football things, what else is going on? Jens Lehmann has has been uh, challenging Arsene Wenger. Well, not challenging, but he says he expects to play. And now that he's fit again, uh, we know that uh, he expects to play. But whether Arsene Wenger picks him or not is another story. And having Jens say in public, I expect to play, might just be, you know, a reason for Arsene Wenger not to pick him. Because he's going to say, well, if you say you're going to expect to play, I'm not going to show, I'm going to show that you're not, you know, you can't tell me what to do, Jens Lehmann. So I'm staying with Almunia. Uh, we'll discuss more of the goalkeeping situation a little bit later on uh, with Amy Lawrence. What else? Danielson signed a new contract. That's good. We like that. We like Danielson. He's like a little sesk. Um, but, you know, not quite as sesky as sesk just at this moment in time. But Arsene Wenger said today he's the second youngest member of our squad apart from Armand Traore. And I didn't realize he was he was quite that young. So still a long way to go for Danielson. Uh, the other thing that sort of kept us going through the uh, international week was Barcelona. Our good old friends at Barcelona being lovely chaps all together as they are, as they are, uh, talking about uh, Sesk, uh, Chiki Bergeristein. Mickey Bergerstein, whatever the fuck you want to call him, he was saying he's a great player, but the circumstances of his exit make things very difficult. We cannot pay a great amount for a homegrown player that has decided to leave us. Excuse me for one second. Fuck off, you cunts. I think I said everything that really needs to be said uh, about that on the blog, but it's just a pain in the arse, isn't it? Every time Cesc goes away uh, for international duty, uh, the Catalan press love to stir it up, and they love to get uh, things moving for FC Barcelona. Not to be outdone, of course, AS, AS, which is the Madrid paper, then ran a story saying, uh, yeah, well, Real Madrid, yeah, well, we, we, we want Cesc as well. If Barcelona wants Cesc, then we want Cesc. Everyone wants a bit of Cesc. You know, but uh, at this moment in time, he's got a long contract with Arsenal and he's not going anywhere. Um, so there you go. All we can say is, you know, just, you know. Fuck off, you cunts. And I think that pretty much uh, sums it up, you know. Uh, I suppose these things uh, cut a little close to the bone because we know that Cesc is a Barcelona fan. He's a Barcelona boy. He grew up supporting the club. He's from uh, just outside Barcelona. So at some point, you know, he probably will go back there. He's certainly good enough to go back there, uh, but just not at this moment in time. Thank you very much. We love him and want him, and, and we need him. So, uh, Barcelona, in the meantime, you can fuck off. You just had on, right? So, uh, yeah, fuck off. The AGM took place, of course, but we'll come back to that a little bit later on in the show. Now, what we'll do at this moment in time is cut to this week's blog chat, which features our old friend Amy Lawrence from The Observer. We talked about our start to the season, the upcoming fixtures, uh, how difficult uh, it's going to be between now and the end of December. We talked about the goalkeeping situation, and there was a very quick preview of the Bolton game, um, which was recorded, this interview was recorded, before Sammy Lee got sacked. <laughs> uh, so that's why there's mention of Sammy Lee in that. So let's, let's go talk to Amy. Okay, now in the Arscast, it's time to welcome back Amy Lawrence from The Observer. Hi, Amy. Hello, very nice to speak to you. And you After too. all these weeks. Absolutely, you've been busy. Uh, yes, I've been busy um, 
with non-football matters, looking after a little one, which is very exciting, but you'll be pleased to hear I haven't kept my eye too far off the ball, so well up to speed with all goings on Arsenal. Well, that's good, and congratulations uh, on that from much. everyone. Uh, as we haven't spoken for a little while, I want to ask you about uh, our start to the season, because uh, it's been really, really fantastic. Before the season started, I don't, I don't really think anybody could have expected it to go as as well as it has. Have you been surprised in any way? Of course, I can't be that ridiculous to turn around and say, "Well, yes, we saw this coming." I think um, the, the, while a lot of people were predicting, you know, total the crisis and doom and gloom, I didn't think it was going to be that bad. But I also didn't think it was going to be this good. Um, I think the way that the team has clicked has taken pe- people by surprise, and the spirit uh, has been fantastic and so many late goals has been a feature of this start to the season and I think that was the thing that when you look back to last season and the start that we had yeah there were a few late goals that perhaps rescued a point but what we're getting now is late goals that are turning you know potential draws into wins um, and really the, the the great thing I think that's happened to Arsenal this season is the fixtures have been so, so kind. Mm. And what it's allowed this team to do is evolve and mature and gain confidence because really there haven't been that many tough tests yet. I mean, you could argue that uh, Tottenham away or, or, or West Ham away have been uh, about as difficult as it's been. And the fact that there's been a real run of relatively comfortable games, albeit the kind of games that Arsenal were dropping points last season, means that this team has had the, the springboard, if you like, to really find themselves and be able to express themselves, and it's been an absolute joy to watch. Um, OK, fixtures-wise, that's a good point. Uh, coming up uh, between now and, and the end of October, we've got uh, Slavia Prague, we've got Liverpool, Bolton, who aren't uh, have been traditionally a, a difficult side, and there's Manchester United, Slavia Prague away, Reading away, and away to Sevilla between now and the end of November. December, there's possibly nine games if we get through the next round of the of the Carling Cup. Um, between now and then, it's going to be a real test, and uh, by New Year's Day, we should have a real measure of where this team is. Absolutely, and I think everybody's looking to that week, which is bookended by the Liverpool away and Man United home matches. And really, that's going to be the next stepping stone for this team. And if Arsenal can come through unbeaten from that week, then I think it's time to stop saying, well, hey, haven't we had a fantastic ride through the start of this season? And hasn't it all been so jolly and unexpected? And turn around and say, OK, this is serious, and this team are serious title contenders. Um, If not, then it's going to be a, a, a question of how does this team respond to a setback? And... Every Arsenal team, uh, with the exception of the unbeatables uh, from 2004, has had to withstand a major setback um, at some point or another during the season. And even you could argue that that team had had setbacks of of a sort in terms of what happened at Old Trafford and getting players banned and um, the Ruth Van Nistelrooy situation. But really, you'd expect at somewhere along the line there's going to be a bad spell. So... I think the most important thing is to make sure it doesn't happen against your major rivals. If you if if the team drop points against some disappointing lower kind of uh, standard matches where they'd expect to win, well, that's one thing. But you really don't want to be dropping them against Man U and Liverpool. Okay. Uh, do you think? I mean, you you mentioned the spirit at the start of the uh, at the start of the interview there. The spirit that they've shown suggests that um, little setbacks they would be able to cope with them. 
that's exactly what you would hope, and the evidence so far suggests precisely that. But you've also got to remember that this is a young team, and they haven't had the kind of serious, serious setbacks um, yet to overcome. Although I think they've, a lot of these players have experienced so much disappointment already in mm. their young careers. And when you look at even somebody like Fabregas or Van Persie or um, Colo Torre, who's not that much older than them, he's not exactly a veteran yet, they've, they've had their fair share of knocks, you know, being Champions League final. You know, it's a disaster to have to overcome being so close to winning that and, and not getting there. Um, a couple of seasons ago, losing whatever it was, 10 games or so on the road, and everybody's thinking they were totally feeble. And as young players, a lot of these guys have, have had to have some pretty difficult times already. So hopefully they've got that under their belts. Um, and this is just a really interesting season for them because how long can they sustain this, this great run and this great confidence? And there does seem to be a genuineness about their affection for one another when they do those huddles at the end and they make players come on, onto the pitch who haven't even been playing. And it, it, Sometimes you think those kind of things are a bit for show, but I think there is something special in amongst a group of lads that's born out of perhaps previous disappointment and the fact that everybody didn't give them a prayer pre-season and they had to read so much negativity about the club uh, and, and indeed themselves. So Arsene pointed it out in pre-season. He's, you know, we all thought he was a bit mad and like, yeah, all right, Arsene, you know, he's banging on about spirit again, but where's the evidence when he said in pre-season that he could see something in this team? But we all know he's absolutely right so far. Do you think, I mean, they have been liberated by the departure, let's say, of Henri and, and Freddie Jumberg to experienced players who would have a big influence in the dressing room? Well, it looks that way, but um, I would also add that I find it a bit um, uncomfortable when you hear and read so much uh, backhanded slagging off mm. of players like Henri and Freddie because... It's as if you know people are saying, "Oh well, better off without them. They weren't that much cop." And, and, and <laughs> I think that's wrong. I think you have to pay due credit to what two great servants gave to the club. Um, and yes, it's nice that, that that they've gone and that they're not too badly missed. But I, I don't appreci- appreciate or approve of too much slagging off of of some of the players that have gone. Sure. Okay. Uh, let's move on and talk about the goalkeeping situation because. Uh I suppose it's the one area of the team that, that, that raises questions. Uh, Jens Lehmann had a terrible start to the season and, and was dropped. Almunia has come in and has done well, um, but doesn't convince everybody. And we have the young Polish guy, Fabianski, uh, sitting on the bench. Firstly, what do you make of the, of, of the Lehmann situation and, and his demand? Well, not demands as such, his expectations to be back in the team now that he's fit again. Uh, and and long term, um, what do you think the solution is? I think that it looks like curtains for Jens, really. Um, Nobody is going to be at all surprised if he goes back to Germany in January. Um, The word is that he's not been a particularly happy chap around the training ground um, since he was dropped uh, and that he's, shall we say, being a little bit awkward. And I think for one of the senior pros, Arsene probably isn't going to be too patient with that kind of behavior around the training ground especially when there seems so much positivity elsewhere so i'd be surprised if he comes back into the team um although that might happen but i i would expect 
that uh, a very good goalkeeper for the club who, who did great will be um, getting his passport out and going back home for good mm-hmm. fairly shortly. Um, what about uh, Almuni and, and Fabianski? It looks like if that's the case, if Jens is going, that they're going to battle it out for the for the number one spot. Um, how would you view that? Uh, play the poll is my view. Mm. Um, he's only had 90 minutes to show most of us uh, anything of, of his personality or his attributes. Um, and in the Carlin Cup game... Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. And it's Newcastle. He really impressed me with his presence and his calmness. I think he he just looks um, a, a really solid player with with great confidence and and he fills the goal. He's big. He's, he doesn't give that feeling that he wants to rush around and do mad stuff, which is something that is um, inherent in I'd say both the other two goalies at the club at the moment. Um, he is young, so it's hard to say, but then Iker Casillas of Real Madrid, who I think has been one of the best goalies around for the last decade, was playing top, top level from teenage years. So I do think we've seen from Arsene time and time again, if you're uh, good enough, you're old enough. And I know it's early days, but I thought even in that 90 minutes, he just looked like the most comfortable, confident, uh, composed goalie at the club. Um, against Newcastle so I'd be it's difficult to drop Almunia on the back of 10 wins but as you said before he's not everybody has total confidence in him and he, he is a bit error, error prone occasionally and it's been great that Arsenal got away with it um, but I think sooner rather than later Fabianski will probably stake the kind of claim that means he has to play Okay, um, quickly then, we'll look ahead to, to Bolton at the weekend. Sammy Lee's Bolton are, are not the same Bolton that Sam Allardyce used to put out. Um, would you be confident of three points? Yep. Okay, that was fairly great. <laughs> <laughs> Could have egg on my face. But I think, as you said, it's a, it's a completely different team. There seems to be some upheaval going on there as well. Um, obviously, there's the Anelka factor, which you always think he's shown he's capable of scoring against Arsenal um, and I would have liked to have seen him come back to the club in the summer when there was stories in the press he was being linked but uh, I think that provided everybody comes back from the internationals you know, in reasonable shape um, I don't think that this should be a problem fixture and I think it's the one to get out of the way and really look forward to the big ones that are coming up OK, brilliant Amy, thanks very much um... We'll leave you to uh, mind the baby and we'll talk to you on another Arscast soon. Thanks, Ian.
Cheers. Thanks as always to Amy, and she'll be back, no doubt, on another Arscast in the near future. Now, before we get on with talking about the AGM and how you can win yourself a trip to Tokyo, the man in the bar is here, and he's got a player history. Hello, it's me, the man in the bar again, with another player history for you. I was at Croke Park this week, so I was not a great big fan of the internationals normally, but you see, I'm part Cypriot, so I decided I'd go along for the old laugh, you see. Me great-great-great-great-great-great-grandmother was from Nicosia, and she founded the Paphos Beach Hotel, so she did, which is somewhere near the sea, as far as I know. But I went along, and Jesus, I remember when Ireland used to have Irish players, do you remember? David O'Leary and Frank Stapleton and well those two are cunts and uh, who else is there Liam Brady of course we love Liam and John Devine you remember him oh he was good and even up north they had the old Pat Rice and Sammy Nelson and the Pat Jennings there were loads of boys in red who were also boys in green not anymore it's just cunts like fucking Robbie Keane and speaking of Irish people today we're gonna look back at a famous old Arsenal player who has nothing to do with Ireland whatsoever <laughs> didn't see that one coming did you this week we're talking about a fella called Christopher Ray. Now, Christopher Ray, you see, was the cousin of a fella called George Weah, who was a fantastic player discovered by Arsene Wenger, you see. And Arsene Wenger was a little bit like that sort of thing where, you know, just because somebody's related to somebody else, they must be good at, at what they do. Like if there's a really hot girl and you sort of go out with her cousin even though she's not really that good looking but just in the vain hope that maybe there's something but anyway Christopher Ray you see came from Liberia and he had an unfortunate childhood you see his mother worked with books but then the mother she ran off with another woman and left the family all on their own that's true she was a lesbian Liberian librarian oh the trauma that poor fella had now despite looking like a barrel with legs he scored some important goals for the old Arsenal, so he did. He scored in the semi-final of the FA Cup against Wolves. And he also scored in a win against Wimbledon. And he scored an incredible goal against Bolton Wanderers at the Reebok Stadium. Oh, Jesus, I remember it well. He fucking hoovered that thing into the top corner. The next season, he scored in a charity shield against Manchester United. But eventually, people realised that he was just essentially a barrel with legs and he left going all around the houses the teams got worse and worse and we went to Birmingham then AK Athens then then Bosch then Bournemouth then St Mirren then Bishop Stortford uh, then Buckingham Town then some Saudi Arabian side nowadays he plays in the Indonesian League which is somewhere in Indonesia and I don't know where that is I think it's somewhere near Doncaster the Man in the Bar will be back on next week's Arsecast, which is actually Arsecast number 50, if you can believe that. Quite the landmark. We're trying to organize a special guest to come on. If not, uh, we'll just clobber together the best of the Arsecast, which will be, you know, about three seconds of silence. Uh, but we are trying to. If, you, if uh, you know somebody who is a very special guest and famous celebrity and would like to come on the Arsecast, arsecast at arseblog.com is the email address uh, to which you should send. Uh, those emails. I have to say, I'm getting a little bit fed up. This is the second week in a row I've recorded a whole section and then promptly recorded straight back over it. It is very annoying, I have to say. Uh, undo didn't work. 
before you even say it. Uh, Now, before we talk about the AGM, which took place yesterday, uh, just to tell you about how you can win yourself a trip to Tokyo, which is in somewhere like Japan, isn't it? Uh, It's the Ole Ole uh, Tokyo Blogging Contest 2007. To get details of that, just click on to oleole.com and you'll see a big banner on the homepage. And what it is, you uh, just sign up with Ole Ole, you start up a blog, it's really easy, and then all you do is just start blogging. And then what you've got to do is is uh, is get people to, you know, vote for your blogs. And what you can win, after the uh, judges start looking at these things, they'll get it down to 10 people, what you can win is press access, flights and accommodation uh, to Tokyo and Japan for the FIFA Club World Cup 2007. Uh, last year, uh, teams involved included AC Milan, Boca Juniors, uh, and uh, all kinds, so they got to speak to all those players. In the end, the 10 will be whittled down to two, and those two will get themselves a trip to Japan in December. So for more info on that, click on to www.oleole.com. You'll see the info there for the Tokyo Blogging Contest. Uh, Ole Ole also has a great uh, fantasy football game which you can join up with, and a very groovy podcast as well so you should probably have a listen to that now the AGM took place yesterday uh, and the Arsenal board of directors announced a further lockdown of the shares uh, until 2009 for the uh, for the most part I'll uh, read from the Arsenal website here it says the board members have agreed not to dispose of any of their interests in the club before 18th of April 2009 other than to permitted persons such as close family after that date for the remainder of the term of the agreement they can only sell their shares to another person if the other parties to the agreement do not wish to buy them so they've got to be offered to uh, the board members first the agreement is for five Five years until the 18th of October 2012, although it can be terminated early by the parties on its third anniversary, which is the 18th of October 2010. So that pretty much, you would have to think, puts paid uh, to any takeover bid uh, as the board of directors uh, have signed this lockdown agreement and are going to stick to it. And no sign of what uh, Stan Kroenke is going to do, but it does seem that he's going to be more uh, aligned with the board uh, than perhaps uh, he might have been in the past. Um, Alisher Uzmanov now is 23%. Uh, and uh, you see, I don't buy this long-term investment thing at all. You don't uh, spend that much money. You don't pay that much over the odds for the shares. You don't send your lawyers out to stop people talking about you if you're just making an investment in something. If you're try- trying to take over, which I think Alisher Uzmanov was, um, that's the way you go about your business. So um, what he's done is spent you know, millions and millions and millions of pounds and now has no chance of taking over the club for at least three years and possibly five. <laughs> But, 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 Alisher, Alisher, it's not all bad news for you, my friend, uh, because the board today, you know, bearing you in mind and the amount of money that they spent, they said, well, look, we better, we better give them something. Uh, They announced shareholder benefits. What are those, you might ask? Well, number one, a question and answer session with Arsene Wenger at Ashburton Grove. Uh, At this event, in which free refreshments will be on offer... Uh, it'll be limited uh, to the first 600 shareholders to confirm their interest. So we'd want to get busy and, uh, you know, get his name in the hat early there because free refreshments are, you know, little sandwiches cut in triangles and cup of tea and stuff. A 10% discount to all shareholders purchasing club-level tickets at next season's Emirates Cup. Also, 
A 25% discount to all shareholders signing up for Arsenal TV online. I can imagine Mr. Uzmanov uh, dying to cash in that 25% uh, discount at the sign up for Arsenal TV online. And also a priority booking system for all shareholders for Members Day in July. My God, it was really worth spending all that money, wasn't it? Look at what you get for millions and millions of pounds these days. Uh, the Arsenal Supporters Trust were in touch with Arsblog and they gave a little statement which says the AST is delighted that the club have extended their lockdown agreement. Danny Fisman and the rest of the board have remained true to their commitment to act as custodians of the club. We also welcome Peter Hillwood's acknowledgement of the work the Trust has done to support the club and the board in recent weeks. The Trust now has more than 600 members. We estimate at least 300 of them were at the AGM and I think there were somewhere in the region of 500 people at today's AGM. Uh, the message from all of our members remains the same. We do not support a hostile takeover. Today's announcement makes this a much less likely outcome, and that is much more difficult to say than you might think. So there you go. If you want to get in uh, touch with the uh, the AST, if you want to have a look at what they're about, it is www arsenaltrust.org it's good news though that the board have signed this uh, lockdown agreement and extended it because what it does is add stability things are going great on the pitch and and um, off the pitch there's this looming shadow of fat and orange uh, but we don't really have to worry about that anymore so it's uh, it's good news we're right back with a quick look at what's happening at the weekend after this have you ever made a bad investment money you've spent seems to be going nowhere well, then why not talk to Red and White Investments? We're the experts at spending huge amounts of money and having nothing much in return to show for it. No dividends, no seat on the board, no influence, nothing. But don't take our word for it. Listen to him. Well, I got £75 million pounds out of it, so if it all goes tits up now, I don't give a fuck. Red and White can take the money you want to use to take over a company and make it look like it was a long-term investment and not a complete and utter shambles. For more information, call Red and White today on 1-890-328-2868. Red and White is regulated by the financial regulator. Although if the financial regulator asks too many questions, he may find himself regulated in the face. So there you go. This weekend, our final... 3 o'clock kickoff of 2007 is Bolton Wanderers, a traditionally difficult team to play against, more so when Sam Allardyce was the manager. They were a difficult team for anybody to play against then. It hasn't gone well for them so far this season. Sammy Lee was sacked in midweek. He'd obviously lost the dressing room, um, and you get the feeling he was one of those guys that was always destined to be a number two. <laughs> a little, little number two. Yeah. Little, little plop. Yeah. Um, and from our point of view, uh, injuries we don't quite know yet. Obviously, we're without Robin Van Persie. We think William Gallas uh, should be fit. Philippe Senderos may or may not be fit. Thomas Rosicki, we don't quite know. It's always a gamble, isn't it? It's potluck with Thomas. Um, but you would have to think, the way we've been playing, uh, that three points are very, very much up for grabs. Bolton could be without... Uh, Nicholas Anelka, who missed France's game in midweek, uh, but we don't quite know what's happening with him. I would much prefer if he didn't play, I have to say, because he does have this little nasty habit of scoring against us, whether, you know, they win or lose. 
Uh, he seems to score against us, so um, uh, hopefully he's he's broken. Uh, midweek, of course, we've got a Champions League game at home against Slavia Prague. Uh, three points there would more or less seal qualification to the knockout stages. Uh, you would have to think that'll be three wins from three. So hopefully, hopefully, hopefully this international break uh, has uh, not done too much to knock us out of our stride. We can stay top of the league uh, after a win on Saturday. So fingers crossed for that. Talk to you on next week's Arscast. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.